Welcome to Great Old Ones Gaming. I'm your host, the man from Ling, uh, flying solo today. But I, uh, we have something a little bit different for you today. I am joined by Eli, the uh, creator of the World Breakers uh, card game that will be coming to Kickstarter here soon. Welcome to the show, Eli. Thank you for having me. Give me a quick synopsis of World Breakers. What is it and what can players expect? Certainly. World Breakers is a card game set in an alternate 13th century Asia. And mechanically, the game draws from many different card games, Netrunner, Arkham Horror, Magic the Gathering, and even from worker placement games. It's a board control game where you recruit followers to control the board and you play location cards, which you can then develop for power. The goal of the game is to be the first to reach 10 power. And uh, it's sort of a race between the two players. And the game also includes a solo campaign. And uh, if you're a more of a solo player, then there's definitely something for you. It's going to be a 10-chapter solo campaign, the first half of which is already available for free on Tabletop Simulator. So what type of player do you see being attracted to, uh, to World Breakers? I'm trying to reach a different spectrum of players. Uh, so on one hand, we have the, the solo players that just want to go through the campaign, learn the story, and uh, the campaign has an element of free playability to it. As part of the campaign, you draft new cards for your deck. So even after you finish the campaign, you can restart and just build different decks and spend all the way to the more competitive players, people that come from uh, the more competitive games like Magic or Netrunner. They want to optimize their deck or they want to draft in a more competitive environment. So the game is structured for these different types of card gamers. I think that the one thing they all have in common is that they love card games. So whether you come from Legend of the Five Rings or Arkham Horror or Game of Thrones, I think World Breakers will have something for you. So what can players expect in the box uh, when it arrives? A lot. I try to cram as much playability and replayability into the box. So there's going to be about 120 unique cards, and they're going to come organized into four pre-constructed decks. So as soon as you get the box, you can just crack open the shrink wrap, shuffle, and start playing. Then, um, if you had enough of the pre-cons, the, there's two additional game modes for two players. One of them is the constructed format, and it's going to be a Highlander format. So one copy of each card. You pick 30 cards, you build your deck. Second two-player format is draft. So you can take all of the cards in the box, shuffle them together, and then draft uh, with the other player and just build your decks on the fly and use these to play the game. And then, of course, as I mentioned, we're going to have the campaign uh, the campaign mode that's going to be 40 cards that are just for the campaign. The idea is that everything is replayable. I want you to buy the box and get as much fun out of it as possible. So will there be uh, expansions to expand the game down the road? So full disclosure... Kickstarter campaign is coming tomorrow on Tuesday. A lot is going to depend on its success. Um, but we do have things lined up for expansions. So um, if people enjoy the game, if people want, if players want more content, then we already have plans lined up. And if you want to check them out, go on wallbreakers.com, uh, sorry, wallbreakersgame.com and check out the blog. There are some spoilers for the potential first expansion. 
So how long has uh, this game been in development? What was uh, your inspiration behind it? Depending on how you count, I have notes going back to 2015 with ideas that would become wallbreakers down the line. Um, for most of the development life, I would say, uh, the game was heavily inspired by Netrunner. I've I've been a huge Android Netrunner player, the game from Fantasy Flight. I played in uh, tournaments. I organized the New York City um, events, regionals, and store championships in New York City. And for many years, Wallbreakers was a descendant of Netrunner. But about halfway last year, I decided to create a game engine uh, from scratch. And that was really the big breakthrough where the mechanics, which are unique to Wallbreakers, came uh, came to being. And I've been focusing on that for about a year now. And that's the, uh, that's the game you can get through the Kickstarter or you can play on Tabletop Simulator. So what would you say was the, the biggest changes that you made when you, when you made that decision to create its, uh, essentially its own game system? I would say the big breakthrough is the change to uh, the turn system. So in many card games, and Netrunner, and Game of Thrones, and Magic are examples, you play your turn, and you acquire your resources, you do whatever you want to do, and then the other player plays their turn. With Wallbreakers, it's different. Um, the round is shared between the two of you, and each player takes four turns, but you alternate. So you take a turn, your opponent takes a turn, and so on. Every turn is just one action. So the same way that Arkham Horror, during an action, you can gain one, uh, $1, you can draw a card, you can move. In Wallbreakers, during your turn, you can gain one Mythium, which is the game's currency. Or you can draw a card, or you can play a card. You do that one small thing, and then it's your opponent's turn to do their own small action. So the game is very fast-paced, there's a lot of back and forth, and there's this snake-like structure for the round where you move between you and your opponent, and you must always work on your plan and, and advance your board position, but stay mindful of what your opponent wants to do, how to stop them, and how they are going to stop you. So walk me through a, a typical turn. What, uh, what can I expect when I sit down to play for the first time? So for the first time, um, you're going to choose one of your pre-cons. There's four of them. Uh, the game world has four different guilds, um, Earth, Moon, Stars, and Void. And they're a bit like the classes from Arkham Horror. Every guild has its own strengths and weaknesses. So you're going to choose one of the guilds. You're going to get the pre-con, shuffle it up, um, draw a starting hand of five cards. And then you're going to take your first turn. Um, either gain a resource or play a card and your opponent is going to respond, and so on. The main two, um, uh, let's say, most dramatic aspects of the game. The first one is playing location cards. And locations are cards in your deck. You draw them, you play them, and they have different stages on them. Every stage is going to give you resources, is going to advance your board, or is going to give you the power that you need to win the game. So you're going to play the location to your board, and then you're going to spend actions to develop it and trigger these abilities. 
The second interesting dramatic thing that happens is you can attack your opponent and vice versa. So over the course of the game, you're going to recruit follower cards into your board and followers have strength and health on them. As a turn, you can attack your opponent. You can send as many of these, uh, of these followers um, to attack them, then they can block. Every follower that goes through, that is not defended against, gives you one power. So there's different tracks to victory. You can either take the location track and be defensive, build your board, get these locations, or you can recruit these different followers, attack your opponent, and use these to win the game. And of course, you can mix and match. Uh, you can start by attacking and switch to locations or vice versa. Each one of the precons captures one of these experiences. So, for example, Kutulun, uh, she's the Earth Guild Wallbreaker. She's a Mongolian princess. She's based on a character from our history. And her thing is really to build a small army of followers and attack. While another deck, uh, he's piloted by Marco Polo, uh, the Venetian trader. I'm sure many of your listeners are familiar with him. And he's more defensive. He's more about delaying the opponent and controlling the board and playing these locations for victory. Tell me a little bit about the uh, the setting. It sounds uh, like it is uh, in, in gaming, at least. I haven't seen settings like this uh, very often. Yeah, I was trying to go somewhere new. I feel that a lot of board games are very westernized, very, they're stuck to the US or Europe, um, or give a US or Europe perspective. Wallbreakers is in Asia and in Western Asia in particular. So spanning the area from Mongolia to Persia, um, modern, modern, day, modern day Iran. And the characters really represent that. Most of the characters are Arab or Asian. Um, most of the characters are women in different positions of power. And I worked with a team of advisors to make sure that the representation is fair and accurate and most importantly, pretty cool. So I had um, a professor of design from Ulaanbaatar University in Mongolia, and he designed all of the Mongol characters, most of which were drawn by a Mongolian artist. His name is Chinzurig Batuchir, and he's based in Ulaanbaatar as well. And we had many other uh, advisors. We had an advisor uh, for the uh, Indian martial art that you see on the card. Its name is Kalari Payet, and he helped make sure the design is correct. So again, to recap, it's really about going somewhere new. And in this case, we're going to Western Asia in the 13th century. So what was it about that particular historical setting that attracted you? I was... So first of all, I was looking to go somewhere pre-colonial. Uh, needless to say, colonialism which, depending on how you count, could go back all the way to the 15th century, really shaped the way we see our world. And I wanted to explore something that happened before that. So um, the 13th century was a good start for that. And another thing I wanted to find is a period in history which was not hegemonic. So there is no one political or state power that controlled uh, the 13th century. 
there were many different players. Uh, for example, the Mongol Empire uh, is famous for its conquest at the beginning of the 13th century. But even if the Mongol controlled a lot of territory, there were different political players within them. And there were many other players outside. Uh, there was India, there was Russia, there was Egypt, uh, there was different states in the Levant, there was Eastern Europe. So I wanted to go somewhere diverse with many different entities, many different states and political powers, but still in an interesting and central historical period for humanity. And the 13th century was unique. Uh, the East and the West were very well connected. There were three different trade routes that went all the way from China to Italy and even Central Europe. Um, so on one hand, we have connectedness and we have this world system of trade and communication and travel. But on the other hand, there is no superpower controlling and coordinating everything. It was all these different factions, each of which brings their own story and their own history. So tell me a little bit about the, the world breakers themselves. Certainly. Uh, so uh, the game is going to come with four different wall breakers. They're very similar to character cards in, um, in Arkham Horror or to identities in Netrunner. They have their own special ability and they have their own set of cards called signature cards. So a given wall breaker can play their signature cards and only they can play these particular cards. Uh, so the game is going to come with four of them, one for each one of the guilds. I already talked about Kutulun. Uh, she is a Mongolian princess. She's based on a warrior princess from our history. Her deck is about recruiting followers and attacking your opponent. Uh, a second wallbreaker is Marco Polo, and he's the representative of the Stars Guild. He's really about uh, trade and commerce and also manipulation, slowing down your opponent as you're building locations and advancing them. The third faction is headed by Ruknadin Kurshach, and he's also based on a historical figure, uh, in particular, the Nizari Ishmaili, or the Order of Assassins, as they're known in Western culture. They're a group of, um, of assassins uh, from the 13th century, and he belongs to the Void Guild. Uh, they're all about recruiting these like assailants, these assassins that attack your opponent one at a time. So while Kutulun has an army, the Order of Assassins have these single agents that you send to the other side. In addition, they have some really powerful late game locations that allow you to close the game. And last but not least is the Muhandasat or the Council of Engineers. They're a fictional faction and uh, they're the world breakers for the Moon Guild. They're a group of uh, Muslim and Jewish women who live in the mountains of Persia and are building an ideal society, an utopian society, using technology. And they're a really heavy control deck. They're all about recruiting these big followers and making these big expensive plays while you drain your opponent of, out of resources and eventually build these huge monumental locations and use them to gain five, six power in one go. So uh, you came up with the, the rough idea for the game back in, uh, in 2015. When did you uh, s uh, start the playtesting process? So we had the first prototype in May last year. So we've been playtesting this pretty much nonstop for about uh, nine months now. 
And initially, it was me and a group of friends who met on a regular basis to play test. Um, and then I started the Discord channel, and we started seeing more and more players there. So at this point, a lot of the playtesting and the ideas and the feedback come from the community. Uh, the whole game is available on Tabletopia and Tabletop Simulator. And it's really important for me to get the community and the players involved with the development process. I know that many card games are very keen on secrecy and spoilers and slowly like dripping out news about the game. I'm taking the opposite approach where I want to be as transparent as possible from day one. And so far, it's been pretty awesome. Uh, players are excited and coming up with these crazy combos I didn't think about, uh, which is a great opportunity for balancing the game and making it as fun and as replayable as possible. So is there anything that uh, that really surprised you or jumped out at you during the, the playtest process, something that you, that you may not have considered? I was surprised that people are having fun <laughs> because... <laughs> As a creator, it's, there's always that moment of, oh, I'm really enjoying this, but will anyone else? And so far, we had a bunch of reviews and a bunch of players trying the game, and everyone is enjoying it, which is, which is pretty awesome. Um, there has been a lot of surprises. Players broke the game in many different ways. Uh, we had several cards which I naively thought are going to be fine, but ended up being way too powerful to the level that everyone is playing them in all the decks. So... There has been some nerfing going on there. And um, another thing that was interesting is all the timing windows that people find. Um, because the turns alternate really quickly between you and your opponent, uh, you're trying to balance, like you want to do a certain set of actions in a given order, but your opponent is going to try and stop you. So players have been very creative in finding the right timing windows to pull off their plans. And... I was really surprised with um, with players like going through a series of actions which I didn't think they'll be able to to execute um, and doing it in a way which is reproducible and fun. So I was pretty excited by that. So I understand the the art for this game is is, uh, is uh, pretty uh, spectacular. Yes, I one of the reasons I love card games is the art. And I really wanted to bring that kind of production values to Wallbreakers. So I'm a bit unusual in the world of Kickstarter. The art is already fully done, um, except for one piece, which I'm still waiting on. But out of 112 cards, 111 are done. And I was fortunate to work with a team of artists uh, that, um, that created the illustrations and the designs and the spirit and the theme for the different for different guilds, in particular, Emilio Rodriguez, uh, who illustrated for Arkham Horror and Netrunner and several other uh, Fantasy Flight games. Games. Um, he drew about twenty something illustrations for Worldbreakers, and he's fantastic. I really love his his style, and I really love the the world that we created. I think it has a very unique personality and it's pretty. It's, it's Some of the illustrations are, are gorgeous, uh, in my opinion. So I understand that, uh, that your wife made it on uh, one of the cards. <laughs> yes. Uh, one of the cards is called the Netty Matron and uh, 
She loves Emilio as well. So I asked him if he's willing to draw her on one of the illustrations. And embarrassingly enough, the card ended up super broken. <laughs> so it's been going through, I think, at this point, four stages, like four rounds of nerfing. Apparently, I, I put her on one of the more powerful cards in the game. So the cost has gone up and the strength and the health has gone down. And you might have to nerf the ability as well. Um, but yeah, uh, Einat, my wife, is on one of the cards. And there's a whole bunch of other Easter eggs as well. So if you've played the other games I mentioned, you might be able to find some hints at your game hidden uh, within Wallbreakers. Well, I guess it's better to, to err on the side of caution and make the card too strong than, than too weak if, if, you're, uh, if your wife is on the card. <laughs> That's true, except for the past few weeks, like every few days, I had to tell her, by the way, we're nerfing your card again. Sorry about that. Uh, maybe I should have started too weak and just buffed it up over the playtest cycle. So tell me about uh, the Kickstarter. It's uh, launching on March 1st. What can, uh, where can players find it and uh, what can they expect? Yeah, so the Kickstarter is launching on Tuesday, March 1st at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. And it's going to have all the details <clears throat> about the game, about the campaign. We're keeping it as simple as possible. You get the game for 30 bucks. Uh, there's no stretch goals. Uh, all the stretch goals, like, this is my first Kickstarter. I didn't want to overcomplicate it. And also, I have a very particular game experience in mind. And I want to make sure that you get that game experience uh, as soon as the campaign is successful. So, again... Super straightforward, 30 bucks, you get the game. There are some add-ons. Uh, the purpose of the add-ons is mostly to feature the art, which I think is beautiful. So there's different playmats you can choose from. There's a deck box that you can get if you so choose. But all of these are 100% optional. So um, yeah, check it out. You can find us at wallbreakersgame.com. Or just go to Kickstarter and search for Wallbreakers, and we should pop up. And when do you expect to uh, to deliver the game? Great question. Um, the timeline is there. I expect delivery within within one year. So um, the game is mostly done. If this was an ideal world, I would promise it much sooner than that. But to be candid, I'm still worried about COVID. I'm still worried about delays, um, especially freight and production didn't really go back to pre-pandemic levels yet. So I'm being super cautious and putting a one-year delivery on the game. So ideally, you back it on March 2022, you're going to get it by March 2023. So how does it feel to be, uh, to be on the cusp of the, uh, of the Kickstarter launching and, and looking back on, on all of the work that you've, that you've put into this game? At any given moment, it's either super exciting or deeply horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I would say at this point it's more exciting than horrifying um, the past week was pretty intense I I finished the campaign draft I sent it to a whole bunch of people that were nice to donate their time and review it and send back uh, their feedback and comments uh, so there's a few finishing touches but it's done and it looks like a Kickstarter campaign. Um, it has everything you would expect from a Kickstarter campaign. The art is gorgeous. I love the design. It has a bunch of cards in it and the add-ons and the team page and all that. So I'm I'm pretty excited. I'm I'm very proud to have created something. And 
I think the campaign is going to go well. Um, I got some phenomenal responses from, from players and from potential backers. So I'm very optimistic about it. Either way, whatever happens, I'm, I'm very proud to have created this. I mean, it's a game. People play it. It's beautiful. It's fun. So I'm pretty excited. So is this your first experience with game design? I've done a lot of design as a hobby. Um, so there have been a couple of prototypes floating around, none of which really matured. And um, I worked with a friend of mine on an expansion for an existing game. So if you know Underwater Cities, me and a friend built a variant slash, slash expansion for two players, but nothing published. It's all internal. I, um, I was a playtester for fantasy flight games. So I playtested Star Wars Destiny. I playtested uh, Civilization, the board game, and um, Android Netrunner, of course. So I have development experience from, from, from these uh, volunteer gigs. But this is my first full-fledged produced design with me as the designer. And how many people are you? do you have on your team? Uh, so... The um, the credits page on Kickstarter has about 20 people listed on it um, in different capacities. So the top four, um, I'm the designer and producer. Einat, my wife, is the creative director. So she worked on a lot of the aesthetics and the art choices. Uh, we have Jamie Perconti, who is the rules manager, and they helped write the rulebook, um, and really polish a lot of the game mechanics. And finally, we have uh, Alex Zamper. He's a graphics designer. Uh, he's a game designer himself. He's working on a game called Broken Crown, and he was kind enough to donate some of his time and work on the graphics design for Wall Breakers. So these are the top four. On top of that, we have 14 illustrators. And I mentioned Emilio, who drew about 20 uh, pieces, and he's pretty much the designer for the Moon Guild. Uh, we have Agustin Castro from Argentina, and he designed a lot of the Void Guild cards. Uh, we have Batochir Chinzarig from Ulaanbaatar, who drew a lot of the Mongol characters. And we have many different advisors. Um, we have several advisors for the Mongol culture. Uh, we have Matty Schrader, who is an advisor on inclusion of trans people. Um, we have Noah Tal, who is a professor in Israel. She was an advisor on the inclusion of people with disabilities. And a few others. So, yeah, about about 20 people involved um, with us four as the leaders of the team. Well, it uh, it sounds like it, it will be uh, an exciting... The, the campaign will run for about a month. Is that the, uh, the plan? Yeah, I would say Kickstarter is pretty standardized at this point. So, no gimmicks. Really trying to make this as solid, as polished as possible. Uh, we're going to launch on March 1st. It's going to run for 30 days. Um, we're going to have Becker Kit afterwards. So if you miss the campaign, uh, there's going to be late pledges. With that said, uh, we're really keen on getting as much traction as possible through the campaign itself. Well, it, uh, it sounds like it's going to be uh, an exciting month ahead as we, uh, as we watch how, uh, how World Breakers uh, takes off. Is there anything that you'd like to add? So again, thank you for your time and thank you for running this interview. And for the people in the crowd, uh, this is really my big passion project as a fan of all these different card games. So this is a card game for card gamers. 
And don't just go to the campaign and back it. Try it. Uh, the game is out there on Tabletop Simulator, on Tabletopia. Come to the Discord. We have a bunch of players who would love to show you the game and play with you. Um, try the game. And if you love it, just go to the campaign and back it. Well, thank you very much, Eli. And, uh, and best of luck with the campaign. Thank you so much. Have a great day. <laughs>